So tonight we're going to talk about faith, okay? And some of you guys may have been in church a long time and you already you, you know what faith is. Some of you guys maybe not, and that's cool too. Um, no matter where you come from, we're going to find some common ground tonight. Just like August and Emma said, he said, uh, you know, we find some common ground there. One thing we can both agree on. We're going to come to some common ground tonight. So first off, I need someone to give me a definition of faith, just a general definition of what is faith. Yes. Believing in something. Okay. Anybody else got any thoughts on what is faith? Yes. For which there is no proof. You're on the U version, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I do have sermon notes on U version Bible app, so that's what she's looking at. Yes. Uh, so yeah, faith is believing in something you haven't seen yet, right? Is that a, a, is that a definition we can all agree on? Are we all okay with that? Yes, I'm going to assume by your lack of response that we all agree. Okay, so, and that actually matches the dictionary definition pretty close. The, di the, the definition, the dictionary definition, that's hard to say, uh, says what, what Montana just read, which is faith is firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Now, some of you may be here and you might be wondering, like, okay, I don't know if I believe the Bible. Like, there's some weird stuff in there. I don't know if I believe it. Well, I'm going to read a scripture that I think you guys uh, will agree with. And it's Hebrews 11.1. 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now it seems to me that assurance about what we do not see sounds pretty close to firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Right? It's kind of the same thing. Right? Those two things are just different ways of saying the same thing. And so if we can all agree that the faith is a firm belief in something of which no proof, then we can all agree that Hebrews 11.1 1 is accurate and that faith is assurance about what we do not see. Other versions say the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's another tra uh, translation of, of the Bible. And so it turns out that no matter where you are tonight, you agree with at least part of the Bible. Okay, we all agreed that faith, firm belief in something, there's no proof. Hebrews 11.1 1 matches that. So you turns out you actually do agree with some of the Bible. Now, so now that we know what faith is, we, we've, we've kind of covered that. The question then becomes, do you have it? Okay, do you have faith? I need a volunteer. Okay, Hope's going to be the volunteer. No, she changed her mind. Okay, Ashton, or did you get, you already played the game. Okay, Ashton, come on, or whatever. She didn't raise her hand. She wanted to play the game, not do this. Okay, Ashton. I just pulled this chair out. Don't, don't, hang on. I just pulled this chair out of the back room. Have you ever seen somebody sit in this chair? But not that you know of. Like, you don't know for sure that you've, okay. Um, so given the fact that you've never seen somebody, you can't say for sure, yes, I've seen somebody sit in that chair. Um, do you believe that chair will hold you? You think so? So you have faith that that chair will hold you. Even though you don't, you haven't seen it, you don't have any particular evidence for it. Okay, let's find out. She's going to sit down. We may need a drum roll for this to make sure. So, y'all give us a drum roll to see if her faith proved true. Hooray! Yes! Okay. Thank you very much. Y'all give her a hand. Good, good job. You're done. That's all. That's it. You can, you can go back. Thank you. So, Ashton had faith that that chair would hold her despite the fact that she had never sat in it. You know, when we first moved up here, I think it was the night that uh, Shane and Natalie were here, we were doing a song that involved jumping. And everybody was jumping. And Shane and Natalie were talking about whether or not they had faith that this second floor would hold. It will. It's concrete. It's fine. It's not going anywhere. But, like, they were a little worried. They're like, we're upstairs, and that's a jump in, and things feel like they might be shaking. Wes and I were at the, uh, went to the A&M, Texas A&M football game last year. 
And we were sitting there, and I forget exactly where we were, <laughs> but from where we were, we could see. It was a real tight game. The fans were wild. It was crazy. And we could see the whole, like, upper deck moving, like, four inches as people jumped up and down. Like, it was ridiculous. And we were like, okay, Lord, that's faith. It's not, not going to collapse on our heads, you know, um, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things we haven't seen yet. So we know that we have faith. Every time you sit in a chair, every time you get in a car and turn the key, you have faith that it's going to start, right? And sometimes it, uh, it doesn't. But sometimes you have, you know, when you're crossing a bridge or whatever, you have faith that that's going to hold you. And, you know, again, if you cross the wrong bridge, maybe you don't have that faith. Um, but when you shoot a basketball, hopefully, you have faith that it's going to go in. I don't always have that faith, personally. But, you know, some of us who are good at those things have faith that the ball is going to go in. Every time we do something that we don't know the result of, we are putting our faith in something. And so the question isn't, do you have faith? Because we actually all have faith all the time, right? Every, like, you know, every time we do any of those kind of things, we have faith. The question is, what are you putting your faith in? So how many of you would say that the world, just in general, is complicated? Yes? Give me an example, Hope. Traffic. Traffic is complicated. Somebody else. The concept of pie. I love pie. No, I, know, I know what you're talking about. 3.14, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I know. March 13th, pie day. Who else? 14th. Who else? Yes. Parking at the Permian High School parking lot. Praise Jesus. Yes. Do what? What is the world complicated? And if so, give me an example of how the world is complicated. Yes. So parking at Permian is complicated. Yes, I know that. That is true. Yes, Cortland. Saving money is complicated, okay? It can be. Somebody else. I'm tired of hearing from y'all, too. What, Wes? Relationships. Complicated. Compound interest. Yes. Learning how to play the violin the first time. Yeah. What about, and I was thinking about this because a couple weeks ago, uh, Shaylee was working on, she, she was working on her homeschool work in the, in the office, and I saw her, book, her little book open to, it was like the cell, the structure of the plant, or the, of a leaf, like all the parts of a leaf. And so, like, that's really complicated, right? You look, you think, leaf. No, there's a lot to a leaf, right? You got this, I don't, I don't know what they are. It's been like 10 years or more since, I, I mean, I graduated high school 11 years ago. I got nothing. But, um, but, but you remember, you know, think about biology or chemistry. Oh, I was so bad at chemistry, y'all. Chemistry killed me. It was complicated, right? The world, physics, see, physics I found easier. Anyways, um, I was better at physics, but algebra, algebra killed me. Anyways. Algebra caused me to be homeschooled. Uh, that's true. I got a D in pre-algebra in seventh grade. My mom was like, that's it. You're homeschooling. I was homeschooled for three years. But uh, so, so we all agree that the world is complicated, right? There's a lot of complicated things in the world. Now, especially as it relates to, like, chemistry and biology, my watch is not overly complicated. I mean, it has plenty of moving parts, but you can take it apart and theoretically put it back together, right? Like, people know how to do that because somebody had to. So let's imagine I took this watch apart. Okay, it's cheap from Walmart. Um, I get so many com compliments on a Walmart watches, it's ridiculous. I pay like 12 bucks for them once every five years, and people think they're beautiful. So, so let's imagine we took this watch apart. Every little piece that we can, like, we can get to, not down to the neurons and protons, that kind of stuff, but, you know, just down to all the individual screws and pieces and that kind of stuff. So we took this watch apart, and we put it in a bag, okay? And we shook the bag up for, like, I don't know, a billion years, Okay. Let's say we shook the bag up for several billion years, okay? And now what are the chances when we pulled the bag out, 
or pulled the watch out, that it would be put together and working and on time? Zero. Right? Like that would never happen, even with a billion years, that, because, because the world naturally devolves. It doesn't evolve. Like things naturally decay. They don't get put together. And so, but here's the thing. That's what... Um, like evolutionary biologists and stuff, people who, who are uh, an evolutionary science would ask us to believe that by accident all the complicated things in the world came to be. Okay, that this, all the protons and neutrons and electrons and, 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 and all the skin cells and the things that make, you know, the things that make one guy have, a, have hair loss and one guy not have hair loss and make you a redhead and you a brunette and somebody, we don't have any blondes. Yes, we do. Cassandra's a blonde, you know. Um, you know, make all these different things in the world as an accident, which doesn't make any sense, but that is what uh, evolutionary science would, would ask us to believe, that, that everything was an accident. So if we already agree that we have faith in things, and we agree that ac- the earth was probably not created by accident, like the chances of that are so slim that it's really impossible to believe. So, so then the question is, if, if it wasn't by accident, that means somebody had to do it or something had to do it, right? And so once we say, okay, you know what, I have faith, and I believe that probably something had to do it, I better, better figure out who that is, right? I better figure out what, who it was that put things together, because that piece of evidence alone points to a creator, right? That's why it's called creationism, okay? And yes, this is a little bit uh, more complicated than, than sometimes we get in here, but this is stuff that we all need to think about. You know, when we ask ourselves the questions about the big questions in life, we have to think about these. Now, how many of you guys have a friend who can just walk into your house and sit down like they're part of the family? Huh? A few of you guys, yeah? Got your hands raised? Right? Not here. Yeah, but I mean, you like, like you know somebody who, if they just like opened the door and grabbed a Coke out of the fridge and sat down, you'd be like, what's up? Like it wouldn't even be weird, right? Right? My buddy Brad was like that man growing up, you know, when we were in high school, especially once we started driving, it was not uncommon for him to walk in the front or knock on the front door or whatever, come in, grab a Diet Dr. Pepper out of the fridge and sit down and watch TV with me. It was like, oh, what's up, dude? And vice versa. I could just like show up at his house and he'd be like, hey, man, you know, now he's got a kid. So that'd be weird if I just showed up at his house. He's got a wife and a kid and it'd be awkward. Um, but, uh, but, you know, <laughs> we are, I think most of us at some point or other have had that kind of relationship with somebody where it's just like, yeah, that level of closeness. Now, we already agreed that even the skeptics in the room agree with at least part of the Bible. We did Hebrews 11.1 1 earlier. We're going to look at another part of the Bible. Genesis 3.8, I quote this a lot. It says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, you notice it says they heard God walking in the garden, which the garden was like their house, okay, in our illustration there. The garden is their house. They heard God walking in the garden, and they were surprised. No, it doesn't say that at all. It says that they hid. So they're like, oh, crap, God's here, meaning they were probably expecting God to show up. They're like, oh, crap, he's here. We better hide. And that's a whole other thing that I'm going to get to right now that I'm not getting into. But the fact that, Gen- that, that Adam and Eve, the man and woman, were not surprised about God being there tells me the, the, the nature of the relationship that God wants with us. Right? God created us for that relationship, that we would have an intimacy and a closeness with God, that when he shows up, it's not that big a surprise. It doesn't freak us out. It's like, oh, yeah, God's here. Cool. We're used to that. Okay, that is what you and I were created for. 
that relationship that you and I were created for, that when we sin, when every time you screw up, every time you get angry when you shouldn't, every time you, you, uh, you lie, every time you look at somebody else's answers on a test, all these things that we you know, think, oh, that's just a little thing, every one of those separates us from God in that relationship. Every last one of them. So the question tonight becomes, will you put your faith in God? We've talked all night about faith faith in chairs, faith in cars, that's all well and good. But when, when it comes to the big picture, when it comes to the big decisions, will you put your faith in God and allow that relationship to be restored? See, when, there's a, when something goes wrong, somebody has to pay the price, right? We'll call that uh, consequences, right? And so just like that, that spoken word, just like that video said, God, the word became flesh. That means God in the form of Jesus, his son put on flesh and became one of us so that he could pay the price for us. Now, I've heard it said this, and I love this, that, you know, sometimes when, when preachers talk about salvation, you may have heard people, they talk about it like a get out, get out of hell free card, you know, like you say this prayer, you'll get out of hell. And that's true, but, but here's the thing about hell. Hell is, it is a place of, 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 tor- of torment, but hell is just where you can pay for your sins if you want to. See, Jesus already paid for it. But, but when we refuse that gift, we're like, no thanks, I'll pay for it, which is kind of dumb. Like if I were to come up to you and say, here, I'd like to give you this Xbox, and you're like, good, where do I go pay for it? You're like, no, I'm giving it to you. I know, but I want to go to the store and pay for it anyway. It's like, you wouldn't do that, right? You take the gift. See, Jesus came and said, here, here's the free gift of salvation because he loves you no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done. God said, you know what? I loved you anyways. And before you were here, before anything happened, I had already paid the price. Jesus says that, and he lived a perfect life, and he was the spotless lamb. And so he paid for our sins, and then three days later, he, he got up like he was dead, and then he wasn't. And he's the only person to ever do that under his own power because um, he's God and he can. But, but he died a real death, guys. Jesus died a real death. And so the price for salvation has been paid. Now it's just up to you whether you'll accept the gift. Okay, Romans 10.9 says, here's how you do it. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all it takes. There's not some magic spell. This, you know, we've been watching Once Upon a Time for six weeks, and it, they talk a lot about spells and magic. There's no magic to this. Okay, if you believe that God is who he is and Jesus did what he said he did, and you make Jesus the Lord of your life, then, then that's it. You've accepted the gift. And like I said, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you have come from or what you have done. The gift is available to you.